Um, inclusion and diversity. Um, inclusion. Okay, are you ready for me? <laughs> I am. I just remembered to record you. <laughs> All right. Um, inclusion and diversity in the entertainment industry is very important to me because I believe that everybody deserves to see somebody that looks like them on TV, you know, go to a movie, see somebody that looks like you, turn on the radio, hear somebody like you. So I think that it's very, very important that, um, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't turn the ringer off on my phone, <laughs> but that is very, Take okay, your time. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm gonna start over. <laughs> I think that um inclusion and diversity is very important in the entertainment industry because um, like I said, I feel like everybody deserves to see somebody like themselves on TV, go to a movie, see somebody that's like them, turn on the radio, hear somebody that's like them. And you know, like we're doing a podcast, and I think that is really cool that you're autistic. So it's very important to me. I do feel like um, Hollywood is trying, but they can do better. Um, a few shows that I like that include autistic characters are The Good Doctor and Claws. And um, I'm gonna speak about Freddie Highmore a little bit because um, the way that he portrays Sean Mur Murphy is very brilliant. He does it in such a brilliant way that in no way it comes off as mocking where I've seen other actors portray autistic characters and it was done in like a very mocking way and um you know that's very dehumanizing and nobody wants to see that because autism is a spectrum so you know when it's done in a mocking way it's like saying that this is how everybody that is autistic is and that's very unfair because that's just darkens the stigma that's already around the autistic community. So while I do think that they are trying, I do think that they can do better. Um, I feel like they can include more autistic people in the industry, not just as actors and performers, but directors and writers and producers, we are capable. So while I think they try and I think that they can do better. Hi. I feel the same way because I remember that I, I too went to watch television programs and movies and we were always portrayed as people with, for lack of a better word, lazy eyes and drooling and missing teeth and... Yeah, one time somebody said to me, um, oh, you don't seem like you're autistic. You know, I saw Rain Man and I'm like, Rain Man wow. has nothing to do with me. Like that was like nothing against anyone whose level on the spectrum is like Rain Man, but that's not everybody's story. That's not everybody's experience. So I was just like, what, what the hell does that have to do with me? But yeah, like, and, but um, Dustin Hoffman, I didn't, I didn't feel he was mocking in that movie, but he was just playing someone on a different, um, level of autism than Freddie Highmore plays in The Good Doctor. But yeah, like that Rain Man comment, I'm like, really, are you serious? It shows you that ignorance is very massive in America. I, 
Yeah, I'm, I've been learning that over the past couple of days. I've been seeing like a lot of ignorant comments, um, particularly on Twitter about like people with autism. Like if somebody does something like, um, like anything that anybody does wrong, people have been like, oh, well, they must be autistic. This, this has been like right. a lot of like, a lot wow. of hate going on like toward neurodiv neurodivergent people, you know, people with ADHD too, like just a lot of ignorance like the past few days. And I like had to like really step back from social media for a few days um, because of that reason. And, you know, I wasn't, you know, physically feeling well, but I was like, wow, like the ignorance that I'm seeing, I just can't believe it. Like first educate yourself. And also you should never speak about somebody's condition. You should never like in a joking way, in a mocking way, because that's not funny because this is how people have to live. Like people struggle with their conditions and for you to just get on Twitter for a few likes or a few retweets and dehumanize people and downgrade people and call people stupid and that like, what kind of human are you? Uh, I can't cause a human if they're going to be de demonizing people. Cause I, I'm yeah. Because why is autism a symbol of immorality to them? That's what it seems like. I've even seen some parents of newly diagnosed children like acting like it's the end of the world. And I feel like, you know, they need to do some research. They need to find some autism communities and realize that, you know, a diagnosis of autism is not the end of your child's life. You just have to learn what will work for your child, what won't for your child and know that they can flourish. Maybe not like their cousins or siblings, but in their own way. Thank you. It's like a label should not preclude me from having healthy support around me. It should not I agree. stop me from living a successful life in terms of my character, in terms of my career, in terms of being a good Samaritan to other people. Like, why do we think that labels mean that, well, the end times are here? What does that have to do with who I am? <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very like, you know, it, it, it can be very hurtful to like see, like sometimes like if I see somebody saying something, like there was a woman on Twitter and she was like talking about mental illnesses and she like, clumped autism into that and I had to correct her and I told her I was like autism isn't a mental illness and it's a neurological disorder and she was like no I study this this is a mental illness no. and I was like no it's it's a neurological order disorder but I'm not going to argue with you because I'm actually autistic and you know she wasn't autistic and she was just yapping and yapping and then I looked at her page and I was like she's speaking on a lot of things she don't know what she's talking about I'm not wasting my time with her yeah I have to be frank. I think she's a damn fool, personally. I, I just gotta say it. I, I, and then, you know, when you, you said uh, autism neurological disorder, I call it my super blessing. Yeah, it makes you special. That means God made you special. That means God knew that you needed to be different than anybody else for you to stand out. You know what? Thank you, Ayana. I accept that. You just made my day. <laughs> I I will take it. <laughs> yeah, because I I don't want to get rid of my autism. Even if I could, I would not. Even if there was no, a I don't want to get my I don't want to get rid of mine either. 
Um, like, of course, we all have our moments where when things are a little challenging, you know, we're like, oh, well, if I was what people consider normal, even though I don't even think that normal people are normal, but like, you know, you have those those moments of doubts, but you know, you don't want to change the way God made you because he made you that way for a reason. Even if it was just for you to have one conversation with a parent of an autistic child and give them some hope and let them know that their child is going to be okay. It's not going to be easy, but they'll be okay. Yes. You know, like if, even if there was a vaccine for autism, I would say, hell no, I don't. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it. And, and then like, you know, that whole vaccines cause autism thing is really irritating me right now because there are like, there are like people saying, oh, well, if you're autistic, don't get the vaccine because then you'll be super autistic. And I'm like, do you know how offensive that sounds? Like, I've just been hearing so much ignorance lately. And I'm just like, some days I just don't have the mental fight in me, like to educate. And then some people, um, sadly, yeah. And some people sadly can't be educated because Mm. their mindset is so far gone because they haven't dealt with people who are different and who are neurotypical and who are not like them and whose minds are wired better than theirs are just jealous but yeah like the ignorance is just some days is just so mind-blowing I'm just I just I'd be speechless and I'm never speechless unless I'm having a non-verbal episode (laughs) wow and it's okay to be speechless sometimes I learned that in therapy I love therapy. I don't love my therapist, but I love therapy. He just be getting on my nerves sometimes. But um, it's very important that I that I do my therapy because you know they help me manage my autistic traits. Right, because you know us autistic people, we we have a three D brain. Like we see the big picture, they see the little details, and we have a logical mind. We're very rational people like we want to know does this make sense does this work and we're not yeah like (laughs) so everything has to make sense like I need a reason for everything everything has to make sense like and that's sometimes what people don't understand and I think that's why people don't understand why sometimes we have a hard time understanding things like like if you don't have like a logical answer I'm probably not going to understand that that that's true because i i consider myself a rationalist yeah i like having a mind that says this plus blank equals that and some people go no it's actually this of that like no it doesn't add up but that's just how i've always been doing it i don't care that's how i've always been doing it it's wrong we need to change it that's me And so the next question will be how, well, we answered it a lot, but we'll just ask it anyway. How is life living with autism for you? Um, it's amazing. Um, I appreciate the fact that um, I get to live life and share my life and my journey filtered through my autistic lens. Um, Of course, we all have challenges, even people who are neurotypical have challenges. So, you know, I can't let that beat me up that, you know, some days I'm going to have challenges, but, you know, living with autism, 
thriving with autism, flourishing with autism is not impossible. It's really not. You just have to have faith in yourself, believe in yourself, believe in God, have people around you that love and support you genuinely for who you are and that look past the autism and know that there's still like a person in there. She's just not an autistic person. But, um, you know, my days, um, I wake up, I meditate, I write in my gratitude journal. Um, routine is very, very, very important for me. If I go off of routine, my day is probably going to be a very horrible day. But um, I feel it's very important for me to write in my gratitude journal and just let the universe know what I'm grateful for. Because I've said this before, whatever you're grateful for, the universe will give you more of it. So, you know, some days, only thing I have the energy to write is I'm thankful that I woke up. I'm thankful for life. So, you know, the universe is going to keep waking me up and giving me more life, you know, God, the universe. So that's very, very important that I do that every day because you have to be grateful every day. And, um, you know, like most people who are autistic, I do have my sensory issues. I have um, taste sensitivities and texture sensitivities with food. So I don't eat a lot of different things. I have my safe foods. I have stuff that I won't go near no matter, you can't bribe me with anything for me to do it. Um, but I'm also allergic to a lot of stuff. So mm. it really doesn't matter. My sensitivities won't matter because you're allergic to it. You can't have it anyway. Um, I have sound sensitivities. So I do have um, noise canceling headphones. Um, I do have issues with looking people in the eye, unless I know you, um, for a, a long time and I trust you and you're someone that I feel close to, then I can look you on the, in the eye. Like even sometimes when I'm doing interviews, I do apologize to the host. I'm like, if I'm looking away, it's not because like, you know, I'm not focusing or it's because I'm trying to pay attention more. And if I look you in the eye, I might get a little intimidated and lose my entire train of thought. So, um, you know, I have most of the traits that everyone else has. Um, that's that is autistic um i have a seizure disorder that's not uncommon with people who are autistic being that you know seizures are neurological and autism is a neurological disorder so um i i live with that and i say live because i'm not gonna um allow myself to suffer i'm gonna live my life yes some days get hard but as long as you're given a new day you make the most of it even if you can't walk make the most of it. Binge watch something on Netflix, harass all your friends on FaceTime. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's how I live with autism. Wow, I have good news for you. Um, I've decided to become an author. Oh, that's so awesome. Did you know that I have a book coming out this fall? Oh, you too? Yes, I yeah. do. This is actually my second book that I've authored that will be coming out this fall. Um, but I also have illustrated 17 books and four coloring books. I think that's awesome. I'm, I'm Thank very, you. I'm proud of you because I, I have written a book about, it's an autobiographical series, book series. I'm that gifted. So I decided why not make my life a series? And oh, yeah, that sounds so cool. Well, you have to keep me updated because, you know, I want to support it. I want to buy it. I want to get it. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ayana. I appreciate you. Um, it's it's my it's it's gonna be called well it's already it's called a grandmother's unconditional love. Um, it's about my memories of myself and her in book form, and it'll be out. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. And it'll be out in about two a, a month or two, maybe month. Oh, and okay. Half. Okay, that's about the same time mine is gonna come out. Mine was actually supposed to come out during Autism Awareness Month. But uh, my autistic brain decided I wanted to change a few things. So, um, but then I was like, no, this is what I wanted to come out. But no, then I had to like really step back and remind myself that autism is not going away just because Autism Awareness Month is going away. So it might be a good thing that it's coming out later because then you can keep the conversation going about autism because when the month of April is over, every autistic person is still going to exist. Every autistic person with breath in their body is still going to be here. And um, that made me feel a lot better. Wow. And, uh, is your email the same? So if I keep you posted, like the person I was interviewing, was that like your agent or somebody? Um, that was my dad, but yes, that's how you can contact me, phenomenallyautistic at gmail.com. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but yes, I think it, it's beautiful that you had, like, so you illustrated 16 children's books. Tell us about that. Sure. Um, it started... Um, it started kind of by accident. Um, when I was a child, I did art shows. My aunt started putting me in art shows when I was seven years old. Um, I did really, really well in the art show circuit around Westchester County, New York, and in NYC. And um, as I got older, I kind of moved away from art and drawing and illustration to get into dance and theater. But um, accidentally, I got back into the art because um, one of the, the dance teams I was teaching I believe it was the teenagers and I was a teenager too like they're not even that much younger than me but they needed um well they didn't need they wanted and they were so spoiled they wanted t-shirts with their names on it and they were like well you can draw you can just do it for us and I was like no I don't know if I can do that but I did it and like at the time I was like so surprised that they came out so well so like that's kind of how like I got back into the drawing and then when I started posting like um I think I think the first social network I had was like Facebook I think but I I started to um someone shared a picture I made for them on Facebook so um I made my own page and um then I just started getting like a lot of requests for to do like books for people I've actually illustrated more than 17 books but everything that you do doesn't come out and everything that you work on doesn't work out so I I have illustrated well over 17 books but there are 17 that are out and um, the, the latest book that I did, um, it's called My Melanin and the author's name is Renita Pagan and you can get it right now on Amazon. And um, that book I felt was really important um, to be made, written and illustrated because it teaches young girls of color to love themselves, to love their skin, to love their hair. It's daily affirmations of why you should love yourself and telling them how beautiful they are and just affirming things that, you know, young girls of color need to know. So that was one of my favorites that I worked on. 
because I can tell you have a heart for children. Yes, I do. Like I was working with kids as a kid. Like um, I was 14 when um, I started teaching dance. Um, like I've always been into the arts um, when I was a child. I think that's kind of why um, my autism diagnosis didn't come until I was an adult and it kind of like slipped through the cracks because everybody was just like, oh, she's just artistic, leave her alone, or she's just shy, and that's just how she is. But I've always been involved in some type of art. From the time I was three years old, I remember drawing pictures of people, drawing <laughs> pictures of houses and buildings. And <laughs> if, if someone was mean to me, I draw a picture of them with devil horns on. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, like, I was just like, you know, I wouldn't say anything to them for being mean, but... I'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to draw you as the devil. But um, <laughs> I've always been into, into the arts. Um, drawing as a child, that was my main um, form of communication. And actually, art right now is actually my main form of communication, too. Like, it comes as a surprise to people how hard communication is for me um, and how challenging it is just to, to hold a conversation with someone, like, as far as like friendships and relationships, um, you know, platonic or romantic, like it's very challenging and um, it's exhausting. But um, I've always turned to art for comfort, whether it was drawing, dance, drama, anything like that was my escape. And that that was and is my way that I express myself. You know, I can relate to the social as, you know, aspect of what you're saying, because, you know, I think in our social world, it tends to be insensitive. Uh, it tr is. <laughs> triggering, anxiety provoking, and very much of judgmentalism. And, and throughout our conversation, I think you're well. Um, I think you're well because you're being genuine. A lot of social interactions are disingenuous. Uh, uh, the only way, like, honestly, like, the only way I can express um, how I'm living is to be, like, as transparent as possible, um, mm -hmm. because that's, that's what makes sense to me, and you know that, you know how we are, everything has to make sense, so I wouldn't be able to, like, explain things or answer questions if it wasn't, like, 100% how it is like um you know people are like oh you you because I, I posted a post the other day about like family exclusion and you know how I'm not like really always included in like family events and gatherings and wow. you know a, a, few, a, a few people were upset with me but I wasn't doing it to bash my family I didn't say anybody's name I didn't um say any certain situations I was just showing that you know, autistic children are excluded a lot in school and yes. they have to be prepared to also be excluded as an adult because it still happens. So that was the yeah. point of that post because yes, I love my family. Yes, I, I know they love me, but they don't always include me in things. I find oh. out about things. <laughs> I found, I find out about things after they happen or wow. if I go on I go on social media and I see them posting and I'm just like, damn, y'all got my number. Nobody could told me. And I, mm. I've even found out about like 
I even found out about like family members dying on social media. Like nobody oh had decency God. to call me and tell me. So that was the point of me talking about family exclusion. It wasn't to bash my family because I love my family and I know that they love me, but you know, everybody has work to do. Um, I probably couldn't be better at reaching out, but it is very hard for me to reach out to people because of my anxiety. And also because some days I'm just not cognitively able to do that. Like I can post on social media that's different um, than like having to have like a conversation with somebody, which can be very draining. And, you know, I, I try and do everything in my power to avoid autistic meltdowns and autistic burnouts is very hard to get yourself back out of that place and not a lot of things and people can help you do that. That's all on you. So you can't get upset with somebody um, for something that they can't control. That, that, wow. You, you just educated me on something like to, to learn tough news like deceased relatives and they didn't even consider you as a part of their grieving process and the fact that you had to make a post just to be able to communicate with people that all they have to do was pick up their cellular phones to you know hip, hip you up on what's happening I, I can I can relate to feeling excluded as autist person myself as you know I've often been pushed to the back burner I've had trouble making eye contact sometimes I still have that issue too uh, that's okay <laughs> you know sometimes I like the reason why I podcast is because there's very, I have very few outlets of authentic expression. So the podcast, I get to be myself. Um, and I decided this was the perfect time to do it. You know, the COVID and everything. Just, I have so much in my heart and I couldn't go to sleep if I didn't yeah. share it. <laughs> so, when you're yeah, all- you got to get out what's in your heart. It's always best to express yourself. And you know, expression is not always verbal. You know, you um, a lot of autistic people, we have our stems, we have our tics. Sometimes you just need to do it. You need to release that energy. Right, because when you said art was your way of feeling like connected to life and being your own genuineness, that's been me at writing, even podcasting and just being able to say, I matter too. And my book, if it, I, I decided to open up doors for myself because waiting for society to open up doors for me, it's not gonna happen. So I have to- No, I, it's really not. And, and that's just <laughs> awesome. No, that's awesome that like you're creating your own opportunities because like when you wait for somebody else to kind of, um, hand you your dream, which in reality never happens. That's like you're asking for permission and you don't need permission to do something that's in your heart. So I just think that it's awesome that you started a podcast, that you're coming out with a book, like you're giving yourself permission because that's, you only need your permission and you only need God's permission. You don't need man's permission. If it's in your heart, it's in your heart. Yes. Thank See, see, is it? See, yes, we're proof that autistic people can get along with each other just fine. We're having 
a socially fun time right now. We're laughing and relating. <laughs> yeah, I've done um I've done a few podcasts with other neurodivergent people and I find those are easier because um a few podcasts that I've done, um, I enjoyed them all. They were all wonderful, they were all great, but a few of them I had a harder time answering the questions just because of the way they were asked. And when I have done the podcast and the interviews with the neurodivergent um, hosts, they know how to ask the question because they understand the way I understand. Right. And usually I go to podcastguest.com to know exactly what to ask my guests instead of just trying to wink it all the time. I said, well, they told you what you can ask them, just ask them that. I make life simple. See, my rationality is kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. And, and um, ooh, this is a big, big question. Do Black women get the fair treatment and services as other autistic individuals? Are you white? No, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Black man. I'm 27, I live in D.C. <laughs> Okay, no, I was just wondering because like, I didn't want to like, I don't want to, I want to say it freely and not like offend anybody, but I probably would have said it the same way anyway, but I was just wondering. So, okay, um, no, Black women absolutely do not get the same treatment as others who are autistic and um, neurodivergent. They don't even get the same treatment as Black men. Black women are the forgotten community within the autism community and within the healthcare industry, period. Like, uh, like Black women die more than anybody else during childbirth. Black women, when they go to the doctors, when they tell their doctors something is wrong with them, half of the time they're ignored and sent home. So like me having physical health issues as well, I've experienced this. Um, like my favorite doctor was my neurologist because as soon as he found out I was having seizures. He put me on medication for it. We ran tests. You know, I was hospitalized. Like he got on the job. But like with some of my autoimmune issues, like some of these doctors, they just like at first they were just like, oh well, you know, maybe you got a little bit of nerve damage. Just take this and you'll be fine. But there were other issues. There were other like underlying issues. Like I literally gained a hundred pounds in wow. about eight months because of negligence on the end of the doctors like they put me on a medication that I wasn't supposed to be on because I'm not bipolar I'm autistic so they had put me um, it, it, it was um it was lithium and I'm gonna say that just in case anybody's doctor tries to put them on lithium please do your research because lithium is not a safe drug and like when they first was like we're gonna try her on lithium I was like isn't that a fucking battery but like you know <laughs> they put me on the lithium um, I don't have a thyroid. My thyroid exploded all because of the lithium. So, um, Damn. you know, now I take medication for that. But because of that, I gained like a hundred pounds. Like when, when I got on the scale and the doctor was like, you weigh 236 pounds. I was like, what the fuck? And like, I was like, how and why? And, you know, my dad was there and he was like, well, we need to know what's going on in her body because she doesn't really eat. She's very picky. Sometimes, some days I have to force her to eat. And this is, this is, we know something is wrong because she doesn't eat and she's never been this heavy. So like, 
when I when this happened, my doctor didn't say, okay, we're going to order some blood work. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. She said, oh, don't eat so much pie. And I was like, I don't even eat pie. So that, are you really a doctor? Is that really what you said to your black patient? And I was just like, okay, whatever. So, you know, we, we just went, got some second opinions, um, went, got my labs done, got my blood work done. Um, that's when we found out that my thyroid exploded. But um, I just feel like black women in general do not get um, fair treatment when it comes to healthcare, when they are diagnosed with something. They're not, the diagnosis is not as gentle as the diagnosis would be if it was a white person. Like, you know, they kind of just, they give it to you and they're like, okay, you're on your own. As opposed to if I was white, they would give me the diagnosis and be like, okay, well, these are your options. These are your researches, resources. This is what can help you. That doesn't happen when you're black. When I got my diagnosis for autism, it was about five years ago, I was in the hospital. Um, they told me I was autistic and that was the end of it. I was given no resources. Um, me and my dad had to do our own resource, research and get me into therapies that would help, you know, just me function a little better in life because I wasn't functioning very well. I was having an extremely hard time. Um, my day-to-day -day life was, was freaking hell. So we learned about um, CBT therapy and DBT therapy all on our own. You know, nobody helped us with that. And I learned that for me, the CBT therapy, which is, um, you probably know this cognitive behavioral therapy, that uh -huh. helped me the most. That helped me the most because it taught me to be mindful. And if you can look at it in a way where I'm going to be mindful of this moment and take it moment by moment, then day by day, life will get easier. So CBT, CBT therapy helped me most because it taught me to be mindful. And I use um, the skills that I learned in CBT, like still to this day. Um, I haven't done it in a while because of COVID. I've just been going to like my regular therapist and I know he's sick of me, but- um, Oh I, my um, God, why would you say that? <laughs> um, be, because like, he's not, he's just like a regular therapist. So like some of the things that, I deal with are directly linked to my autism. And sometimes he feels useless. Like he doesn't really do anything about it. He doesn't say anything. He's, he's just like, oh, really? That's very interesting. And I'm just like, um, I'm like, look at all those freaking degrees behind your desk. That's all you have to say is that that's very interesting. But um, yeah, so I, I, I'm gonna start my CBT therapy back again soon, hopefully, because um, you know, all these COVID variants are coming out and I have a compromised immune system. So to actually go to the um, appointments in person is um, isn't very safe for me. But um, you don't, you, you have to, you have to fight for yourself. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to do your own research and learn what works best for you and learn learn what is going to get you through life um, in a way that, like I said, my everyday living day-to-day -day was hell. You have to learn a way to not have your everyday day-to-day -day living hell. I just thought of this, this disturbing pattern of there's so many people who are not trained to help us in the areas that we need them to be sufficiently trained in. 
Ooh. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, it's like purposely I try my best to have uh I, I prioritize Black women guests the most because of my platform. I decided I want to be the platform where sisters can be themselves because other platforms, they tend to be devalued and debased, and I'm just uncomfortable with those things. And I'm like, you know, sisters need to be heard and appreciated. And oftentimes, y'all are not, which, is, which sucks. Yeah, I've learned that, and I've seen that. Um... It's very, um, it's very sad and, um, you know, it can be very hurtful because um, America would be nothing without Black women and they don't realize that. And like, I feel like, do they need to be taught a hard lesson? Like the way, the way Black women are disrespected is disgusting. And I'm just like, like the media, like everywhere. And Mm-hmm. I don't understand where that comes from. And then you add autism to being a black woman, like in society's eyes, I'm at the bottom of the fucking barrel. So it's just like, um, I'm not a trash human. And there are trash humans who are neurotypical, who are just not good humans. And I don't feel like I'm one of those people. I feel like I'm a good human. I feel like I have a good heart. Um, I practice kindness daily. So um, just to be judged and treated away because you're black, I like I still I can't believe that. But I, in the same way, yes, I can believe it because um, slavery existed. Mm. Yeah, and I noticed that, and I say this a lot on my show. We have to refer to black women as goddesses, queens. I say pharaohs because you do, hey, Cleopatra, she, she was a black woman <laughs> ruler. Yeah, she was a black woman. And every time there's a movie made about Cleopatra, she's white. And I'm like, y'all need to do y'all research. Y'all don't, know the history of, y'all don't know the history of Cleopatra. Cleopatra was black. That's yes. a braided wig on her head. Yes, ancient Egyptians look like, like I'm brown skin. Did you see my profile on my podcast with my face? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I may have. Um, I don't always have the best memory, but I may have. Yeah, I have a brown face. So, and I, I know you have when I saw your photo. And so she looked, they, they look like us. I saw the mummies. I saw the hieroglyphics yeah yeah <laughs> the fashion the the gold the white mm-hmm. and and yeah i just i find it amazing how they keep they still continue to say i'm not racist every time there's evidential racism i'm like why not just be an ally why get so defensive just, just admit, okay, we, we need to do better and then actually do better. Like, why? People, I, I've learned um, that people get angry and offended when they're wrong. And I feel like um, some people think that it's easier to get angry than to simply apologize. What? That is weakness. That is moral weakness. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I mean, it takes due diligence to be able to improve and to grow. 
Like my, what am I saying? It's okay to grow. It's okay to grow, to be better than what you were yesterday. Absolutely. So how much, how much does gratitude impact your life? Um, gratitude is everything for me. Um, because like, if you can't be grateful for the little things, then when you get the big things, it really won't matter because like, if you really look at it, you're not grateful for that either. And I just feel like, um, you know, um, I'm sure I've said this before, but if you put gratitude at the front and center of your life, life will be easier. You'll understand things better. Your outlook on life will change. Your relationships with people will change. Gratitude is very important to me. Um, you know, I have a lot to be grateful for. Yes, I, yes, I'm autistic. Yes, I live with chronic illnesses. Yes, I, I do. And yes, I'm developmentally delayed, but I have a lot to be grateful for. I woke up this morning. I have a roof over my head. I have running water. You know, I have food, even though I'm, I waste food all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I have a lot to be grateful for. And sometimes people forget about the little things like, yes, we're in a pandemic, but you know, a lot of people, we've lost a lot of people to COVID and, you know, I've lost a few people this past year. So it's just like, if you haven't lost anybody close to you, you got to remember that, you know, you need to show your gratitude for that because there are people who have lost a lot of people and um, you need to be grateful for the people in your life who care for you and that you care for, um, who make sure you're okay who make you feel like it's okay to be you. So um, gratitude is, is extremely important to me because it helps me get through life not so, not so challenging. If I wasn't grateful for things, I would be walking around angry and who wants to walk around angry all the time? And then who wants to be around somebody that's angry all the time? Mm. Um, yeah. When I think of gratitude, I think of the fact that, and I can tell you this because I, I put this in my book and I shared this publicly. I'm grateful that I am able to recover from sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I'm able to recover from physical abuse. Um, yes, I. I'm grateful that I'm healing from those things because when you're autistic, there's a higher likelihood of abuse that could potentially happen than a person who's neurotypical. I mean, I had to learn. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been through that. I've I've dealt with abuse as a child and as an adult at the hands of other adults who I thought loved me. And, you know, at the time I didn't know that I was being abused and I didn't know that their behavior was abusive. I just thought that that was how I deserved to be treated. So, um, you know, I have a long way on my healing journey, but as long as you, as long as you start the healing journey, you will get better. But if you choose to ignore it, things are never going to get better for you. In our community, sweeping things under the rug is considered normalized and I don't normalize that at all we normalize no it. I I absolutely don't normalize that because um people take their lives 
um, uh-huh. sometimes. Um, I've had several suicide attempts um, because wow. it's hard to deal. It's hard to deal with the aftermath of abuse. Um, yes. Uh, I have PTSD, so Me you know, too. some nights, yeah, yeah, nightmares feel very real, and they sometimes bring you right back to the moments of abuse. So um, sweeping things under the rug doesn't help anything. It actually makes things a lot worse. Might might not seem like it at the moment, but if you look at things on a long run. Um, you know, maybe if things weren't swept under the rug, I wouldn't want to try to take my life so many times. So mm. that that's that's a very that's a very unhealthy behavior in our community that needs to be unlearned. It, it'll save a lot of people's lives. It'll save the generation that's coming up now, because abuse happens all the time, whether people want to admit it or not. And there are very there are so many different forms of abuse. Of course, sexual, physical, emotional, verbal, and you know they all hurt. I've I've learned that in life, we often underestimate evil, because a lot of us think evil is, you know, the killer in the movies, but evil, we are, human beings are capable of doing absolutely everything, and just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Yep. And... You know, I'm really glad we can have this talk because, you know, us the survivors, we got to stick together, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because I have general and social anxiety. I have a rape trauma syndrome. I just found out I had it. I was able to do some research. I've been in therapy for years. And I had I had sexual performance anxiety for years, body image issues for years. Um, so when you were talking about how you thought this is how you deserve to be treated by adults you thought loved you, that was the exact same experience I had. And when you're a male, um, like you know me and fellow me here. Um, it's considered unmasculine in our society to admit that women perpetrated you. And, mm-hmm. and I and I disclose that in my book, I say, mm, this is this is common and men like women should not be shamed. Yeah, yeah. I don't like victim blaming for me, like it really bothers me. And like, but I don't say that I'm a victim, I say that I'm a survivor. But like, um, like victim blaming, victim shaming, like all that needs to stop because it's like, okay, um, you calling a female a liar, you need to talk to your homeboy or you need to talk to your uncle or your cousin or whoever, uh, whoever the abuse was um, done by. So it's just like people make excuses for the, the most horrible things and I will never understand that. Me neither. Why is perversion acceptable? Because the people at the top do it too, so they and they get away with it. Mm. I learned that adult supremacy is real in our community. That's why children, uh, child abuse is rampant. It is. Because if I if you think that you're better than that child, you won't care about that kid. 
Mm -hmm. And so you think it's okay to torture that kid because you have all the quote unquote power. Mm. Yeah, um, people with power can be very dangerous because, um, you know, if you're in a position where you don't feel like you have a voice or you don't feel you have power, you will allow them to do anything they want to you because you feel like they're able to and you feel like they have some type of authority over you and you'll get in trouble if you don't allow the abuse. So people with, with power or people who you just think have power can be very dangerous. Mm. And so that leads me to my next question. How do you stay positive living with chronic illnesses? Um, this question is always hard for me to answer. Um, it's okay. I'm going to answer it, though, but it is. I don't know why it's hard for me to answer because I'm just kind of um, myself, like I'm naturally happy. Like, even when people used to be like, what's wrong with her? Nothing was wrong with me. I was just in my own little world, in my own little bubble, um, you know, protecting myself because people say mean things and you don't always want to deal with that and you shouldn't have to deal with that. But I'm just a naturally happy person. Um, again, gratitude is very big in my world. Faith is very big in my world. I know that if I have faith, even on some days when I feel like I don't have it and I only have a little bit of it, um, that's going to get me through my day. You don't need a lot of faith to get through your day. So just between me, just being my naturally happy self, um, appreciating and enforcing gratitude in my life and hanging on to my faith, even if it's just by a thread, I feel like those are some of the things that help me stay positive, living with chronic illnesses. And just the fact that I'm still here, like, that is something to be grateful about. So, and that is something that I'm happy about. I'm actually happy about it. Like if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, I probably would have told you that I wanted to die. But wow. today, like today I'm happy. Today I'm grateful. Today I'm grateful to be alive. And, um, you know, I would rather live with the chronic illness than die from it. That is the power of true optimism at its best. And you are like the wonderful symbolism of that. I am very proud of you. I'm grateful to uh, to get to know you, to interact with you. Thank um, you. You're very welcome. And I'm grateful that we're learning and growing from each other. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, this might be another hard one. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Tell us about your seizures. Um, I don't have a problem answering this, but thank you for telling me that um, if if I didn't want to answer it, I didn't have to. Because, you know, sometimes people can be a little aggressive when they interview you. But um, yes, I have um, a generalized seizure disorder. I have not been diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, I have grand mal seizures and nocturnal seizures, and there's one other type, but I, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but <laughs> it's the type that's caused by like a, a sudden shock or like loud music. And I don't know why I can't think of it right now, but I just recently started having those, but, um, I have survived over 200 seizures. Um, oh, things are wow. a little, 
yeah, things are a little rough right now, though. Um, kind of having some episodes, but um, you know, I have faith that God is going to get me to the other side of this, and um, might have a few bruises, but I'm still going to be here. But yeah, I have survived over 200 seizures. Last year was my roughest year with my seizures. Um, they caused memory loss. I could not speak. Um, I stuttered for a very long time. I still have my days where all I do is stutter. Gratefully, today isn't one of them and I'm able to speak with you. Um, I'm on a lot of medication. I take around 40 pills a day. Wow. Um, I... I, um, last year when I, when I got like really unwell with the seizures, um, and I lost my memory, I, before this all happened, I spoke English, Spanish, French, and I did ASL. I now can only speak English, but I'm grateful because I can still speak. You can relearn French. You can relearn Spanish. Um, the ASL, I do a little bit of it, but it's very rusty, but, um, I lost, I did not lose the memories of my mother who has passed away. And if I would have lost the memories of her, I would have been so devastated. Like all these oh. other things I can, all these other things I can relearn. But if I would have lost the memories that I had of my mother, I don't know what oh. I would have been able to do with myself. So I am very grateful, like for my healing and I'm very grateful for the progress that I've made. But those memories just mean everything to me. Wow, you struck a beautiful chord with me because if I would have lost memories of my grandma, whew, I can't even finish that sentence. It just, whoo, that took Oh, all yes, the I, I, didn't, I didn't lose my memories of my grandma either. She was the freaking best. Like when, yeah. like, I would, um, <laughs> when I would, my parents were young parents. So, like, um, when I would be with my grandma, um, like I remember my uncles, they always had, my grandma had a lot of kids. She had three sets of twins. So um, along with her three sets of twins, she also had four single births. So she had a lot of kids. So there was always a lot of people around. And I remember my uncle, one of his girlfriends came over and I'm saying one of his girlfriends, but yeah, he had a few girlfriends. So one of his girlfriends came over <laughs> and um, they're, they're now married though. And um, she's like, you know, one of my favorite aunts. And like, sometimes we talk and she was like, yeah, I remember coming over and mommy would be there and she'd be like, I'd be like, hi, Yanni. And cause that's my nickname. That's what my family called me. She'd be like, I, I'd be like, hi, Yanni. And she'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> she'd be like that I would just look at her and sometimes I wouldn't talk to her. And she'd be like, yeah, you'd be sitting here looking so cute. Your mom always had you in cute outfits and your hair was so long and pretty. And, you know, she would just say all these things and be like, but you wouldn't talk to me. And then I would be like, look, she looking so mean. And then she said that my grandma would be like, leave her alone and she was like and you know I wasn't messing with her so I left her alone wow I mean you have this bubbly infectious effervescent personality that's all layman's terms you just light up the room <laughs> thank you I that I, is weird that's weird that you say like I light up a room because honestly like if I'm in a room full of people I'm probably gonna want to leave <laughs> because, I, 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 <laughs> because I would, the sensory the sensory issues I would be having like if I have to yes I do it because um you know before the pandemic started and I I, I kind of slowed down like I'm doing fashion shows but I had to do fashion shows um there's no getting around interacting with people when I worked with the theater company there's no getting around with the crowds 
So when you have to do it, you have to do it. But yeah, like lighten up the room. I just want to run away from the room. You know, I and I would be the one leaving with you. I'd be like, cool. <laughs> we don't have to stay long. If, if ever you're triggered and we're in the same room, just say, Sonia, <laughs> let's go. Okay, cool. Because you got to have that one person that doesn't mind and actually appreciates your sensitivity and sensibilities. We need that one person. Oh. Yeah, I don't have a lot of friends, but my friends that know me and that I that I um that I used to do stuff with, I'm just saying used to because of the pandemic, but that I did stuff with, you know, they knew me and they knew they know me and they know my limits. And um, you know, even if I'm not saying that I'm feeling overstimulated, they'll ask me like they're like, You okay, Yanni, you wanna go, you ready to go? And you know, most of the time it was just a moment that I needed to take a breather and I'd be fine. And then we continue on whatever we were doing on our adventures. That is, I love true friends. True friends are just, the fact that they can show that what you need is needed by me. It, mm. Yeah, there are a few of them who have like literally seen it all. They've seen me. Um, have seizures they've seen me dissociate which um, some of them think that like the dissociating is actually scarier than the seizure so they've literally seen it all and they know what to do when it happens and um, because they ask questions and like I appreciate that because it's like okay um, Yanni we're gonna go do such and such today if this happens what do I do if this happens what do I do so the fact that they're asking is is very comforting to me because I know that if something was to happen, they're not going to step away. They're going to, if anything, step up and make sure that, you know, they can do what needs to be done for me to be okay. Yeah, I, I have, I have friends like that. And as I, um, you know, been out and about with, COVID restrictions and finding more friends who value me that way. Um, do you feel Hollywood represents people with disabilities in a fair way? Um, the, like, like I feel how they represent um, neurodivergent people. I feel the same way about um, people with disabilities. I feel like they're trying, but I think that they can do better. Like, um, I really, really appreciate um, Ava DuVernay. Um, I really like Queen Sugar. And I noticed that um, in Queen Sugar, I've seen a character who was in a wheelchair. Um, I've seen, I think I've seen two characters who were disabled and who were in a wheelchair. And those actors are really in wheelchairs in real life. So I've seen her work with um, differently abled talent and I just think that's amazing. And um, back to the good doctor. Um, I've seen them, they had a little person on there and I hope that's the correct term because I do not like to um, you know, be offensive if I'm not saying something right. Um, just like with transsexuals, I hate when people misgender them. That's so damn disrespectful. But um, the, <laughs> the good doctor, um, they've had amputees. They, they've had transgenders. So I feel like um 
sometimes if I'm, I may see like a print model with Down syndrome, but I feel like I, I would like to see that more. I have a cousin who's Down syndrome. He's so handsome. He's so cute. He's like the most lovable person. <laughs> so um, like sometimes um, I feel like they're trying, but they can do better. And sometimes I also feel like they're just sticking a disabled person in there to shut us up. So I have like mixed feelings about it. And, I, and, and it depends on who it is. Some people are doing their best. Some people need to try harder. And the general public needs to be more accepting of disabled talent. Yeah, I, I think that what Hollywood's experiencing is like a, a metamorphosis that society is forcing on them. Like, for example, uh, there's so many people ending the homophobia in Hollywood, ending the ableism. That's a new word I learned. That's, I think you, you know what oh, that means. Oh, ableism is, ableism is freaking out of control. That's back to yeah. Twitter. Like the ableism on Twitter, it, it can be so heartbreaking. Like I said, sometimes I just have to, um, I have to step away for a little while because it's like, I don't want to snap and I don't want to have a meltdown because if I have a meltdown, it's over for them. And like me having a meltdown looks like me cursing you out. So like, mm -hmm. it'll be like, they would really be like, wow, she really is crazy. Autistic people really are crazy. And I don't want anybody else being um, unfairly judged because of me having a meltdown. You know, yeah. You know, when it comes to being judged, I know that us autistic people, we're very non-judgmental people, so we hate when... Yeah, you know. that, that's, that's what I don't understand, because, like, me, I accept everybody, because um, you can't, you don't have, one, you, nobody asks to be born, two, right. you do not have, you don't have control over the way you were born, or the way God made you, and the way God made you is the way he needed you to be. You uh -huh. might not understand why he needed you to be that way, but he did need you to be a certain way. So that's why he made you that way. Uh -huh. So that's why, like, sometimes when people are ignorant and judgmental, and I'm like, y'all don't know God, because if y'all did, y'all wouldn't be that way. That's true. That's true. I, hmm. Yeah, it's just this, we need more compassionate love demonstrated. Like, I think what we're showing toward each other is, that compassion for each other, you know. I I was very excited when I read your bio because I said I need to have her express herself on the platform because I always call my platform our platform. Thank like, you. <laughs> our podcast because I can't do it by myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, and well, thank uh, you for that for having the platform because you know a lot of people they don't give a shit about autistic people so and they don't consider you for anything. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's mm. and oh man, people can be shitty. I just gotta say it. I yes, yes, they can. <laughs> I, I, you know, I try not to like say like not so nice things about people but some people really are trash humans and it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like it makes me feel bad for them because it's like what happened to you in your life who made you feel like you weren't good enough that you 
feel like you have to go out and treat others and show others that they're not good enough. Mm. And so I just, yeah, you would think that the golden rule would be universal in terms of everybody practicing it, but we are so sick that we can't even do the basics. That is how off-putting we are as people. Yeah. We're just morally backwards people. Uh, oh, this is a good, I mean, you don't have to answer it. Dating as an autistic woman. For me, um, I haven't had the best experiences, um, partly because I was a late diagnosis. I was late. I was diagnosed as an adult. So I never really knew like why I had such a hard time like in romantic relationships. I have a hard time in just regular friendships because of my communication issues. Um, sometimes I don't know how to express myself, so I will shut down. And, um, you know, that is unfair to the other person because sometimes it makes them feel like they did something to you. But I do always explain that to people that, you know, my shutdown most likely had nothing to do with you. It might, it, this is August. My shutdown might be from something that happened in January. So um, for me, I haven't had like the best experiences um, with dating, um, I've, but I've never dated another person who was autistic. Um, I feel like we would kill each other. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, it, it, because it's a lot, it is like, um, you have your challenges and they would have their challenges and you guys just might bump heads too much. Not saying you don't love each other, but it just might be too much of, uh, it just might be too much. I'm not saying I never will, but I haven't in the past. And, um, I don't like the fact that like, I make my dates or someone I'm in a relationship with, I make them feel uncomfortable because of my own issues with communication and my my issues with intimacy and my issues with, with touch aversion. So I don't like the way that, that it would make like people that I'm dating feel. Even just going out to eat, going out to dinner, that's hard because one, I'm picking over my food and like, I'm not looking at him. So he's like, well, damn, did I do something to this bitch? Like, it's just like, um, it, it, the social thing, like the communication and the social complications just complicates things even more. So for me, no, I haven't had the best experiences, but you know, God will find somebody that knows what I need and he'll show me what they need. And eventually, you know, I'll find my person. Um, any questions for me? This is my first time I have a guest where I let them ask all the questions. So you're making history. So you can fire off now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is um what do you like best about yourself? Well, I like that I am an unforgettable person who has this aura of empathy and socially I'm just I profound myself I just impress me in that way and I am a healthy go-getter 
Um, whew, those are the few things I'll list about the ministry. Well, I think that's amazing. And I think that's amazing. And be- it's beautiful and it's amazing because, you know, I've seen people, um, you know, who are autistic talk about themselves in a very bad way. And it was like, it's like they hate themselves. Like before I got my diagnosis, um, I didn't really like myself very much because um, I didn't know about like why I was the way I was. And that caused a lot of self-hate. Um, I went through a period of self-harm. People were like, why do you have on long sleeves in the summer? And I couldn't just be like, because my, my arms are sliced up. So like when you don't know about yourself, it's, it's, very, it's very dangerous, it's very harmful and it causes self-hate, which, which causes, it, it can be very, it can be dangerous. You can hurt yourself and I, I've had hurt myself. So to hear you talk about the things you like most about being autistic, that's, that's beautiful. Thank you. And you know, you are a fantastic human being. And Thank you very much. And we are twinning in so many ways because your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> it, it your thoughts make sense to me. I'm like, yes, like-minded humans. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, any other questions? Um, did you have fun today on the podcast? Hell yes. <laughs> Yay. All right. <laughs> You just made my day. Yeah, I like people who are social rejects. Yes, we rock. I don't tend to care for people who everybody <laughs> thinks highly of because, you know, they're just socially accepted. I like people who've been marginalized because we are the most authentic, loving, caring people. I've heard that before Uh, you can ask any other questions um what is um something that you're looking forward to about releasing your book series Mm, I'm looking forward to spotlighting neurodiversity neurodivergence and neurodiversity um because that's awesome yeah thank you that's what it needs to be spotlighted because i think it could combat so much of the bigotry and intolerance that our community of autistic people face i think we need that and you know, I'm a human rights person. I'm equal rights. That's my biggest passion. So I think we need more equality in the world because all these discrepancies and disparities just are, un- it's just, ugh, it's nerve-wracking yeah. to me. Like, to me, like, it doesn't seem like people understand that, okay, let's take somebody Black, somebody white, somebody Chinese. Let's take a knife. Let's slit all their wrists. All of you motherfuckers are gonna bleed red blood. So really, <laughs> yes. what is the problem? That's true. And I, know that, I know that sounds harsh, like slit their wrist, but no, it's just more of saying that we all bleed red blood. We all are gonna end up in the ground. Like some of y'all going to hell, but most of us are going to heaven. 
So it's just like people, I don't understand people. And some people, I learned if I try to understand them, I'll become them. So I'm like, I'd rather not understand some people. Like, why would yeah, I? Yeah, I've 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 learned to um I've learned to not let um the actions of others drive me crazy because I I did I'm guilty of that. I did that for a long time. Like I let like things people would say to me or um things people ways people would treat me and like I let me trying to understand why they were doing that affect me in a very toxic way. So um, I, I learned to to not try to under, uh, understand other people's thoughts because they probably don't understand them either. Mm. Mm. Yes, self-ignorance does exist. That is so truthful. Any, um, any other questions? It could be professional, personal. We that cool. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, you shared a lot, actually. Just like with the way you ask questions, I learned a lot about you. And I think that's really cool. Oh, and okay, my special question. What did you learn about me? Um, I learned that you are a fellow awesome autistic person. I learned that you're very empathetic. I learned that you've had experiences in life, but you didn't let them break you. And I've learned that um, you're going to leave um, a mark in this world because you're using your platform to help Black women, and Black women are the most amazing creatures on the planet. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, what did I learn about you? Let me be fair and to respond. Okay. I've, learned, <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that Ayana is, hmm, let me be careful how to describe you. You are. You, wait, 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 we cool now. You can call me Yanni. I, I can? Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you for telling me. Um, Yanni is a person of grace and mercy but she has her wrathful justice side when she needs to show it <laughs> and um she's anti-bullshit definitely um <laughs> yeah but you have this forgiveness to you but you don't let it be taken for weakness hmm. you're you are a well-balanced holistic person um you you are you're not a you, you are morally courageous that's for certain um hmm. you, you you come off as you you're very stylistic you got your own style your own <laughs> when i was a little girl i remember i would be upset with my parents in the morning for not letting me wear what i want to wear to school they'd be like no you can um you can change when you get home and like i always said like my i i i, don't, I think i have like a little weird style i don't know it's just um I got sensitivities to fabrics, so I can't wear everything. And if I do put something on, 
Um, as soon as I get home, I put my pajamas back on. I need, you know, I need my safe clothes. But um, yeah, I, re I remember, <laughs> I remember like, like really being like upset as a child because I wasn't allowed to wear what I wanted to wear to school. But then, but my mama had really good style. Like everybody always like says that, like I always looked so cute at school and everything. But but then they let my brother wear karate pants to school. And I'm like, how, how come I can't wear white shoelaces and black shoes, but he can wear karate pants to school? Does he have a karate tournament? No, he doesn't. So it just did not make sense to me. And I just was like, this isn't fair. Because, you know, it's like with the most autistic people, something is either fair or unfair. And that was yes. not fair. It, it, it wasn't like, but what you wearing wasn't causing any harm so i i think they didn't want me to get teased um because i had already experienced bullying so i just think they were trying their best to you know keep me as um untormented as possible hmm. but in a sense weren't you tormented because you couldn't express your attire the way you know that you like to wear it <laughs> um not really because okay. like my my dad used to bribe me he'd be like um <laughs> wear, wear what your mama picked out and i'll buy you some new roller skates i'll buy you a new bike so no i used to get bribed all the time and i used to be like okay <laughs> bribed by your a parent. That, that is yeah. wow. <laughs> My dad, like everybody be like, oh my God, you got her so spoiled. Oh my God, she's so spoiled. That's all I used to hear when I was a little girl. And I used to be like, don't hate my business. <laughs> and so um, it, 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 I learned about you. You have a sense of humor. Um, I try. You got to have a sense of humor. Like when you go through some <laughs> of the things that I've been you got to have a sense of humor or like, like, I'll be back at that moment where every moment and every day was living hell. And I refuse <laughs> to be back in that moment. Like, I'm going to enjoy my life. You have to have a sense of humor. Yeah. You, you I, can laugh or you can cry or you can laugh then cry. So, you know, like, like, like I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm not like, I'm a crier. Like I cry when I'm happy. I'm crying when I'm sad. I'm crying when I'm overwhelmed because I'm an empath. I'm just like very emotional and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very spiritual. Like me, I'm more spirit, spiritual than religious. Um, I do know that God exists and, um, you know, and, and, um, I'm not like, you know, I don't believe in God, but I'm more spiritual than religious, but, um, hmm. yeah. Um, I'm an empath, which, you know, some people are like, really? Because they always say that, like, autistic people don't have any empathy. But it's not that we don't have empathy, but sometimes we just don't know how to express our emotions. A situation can sometimes be a little bit too much or too overstimulating for us to express ourselves and comfort you the way you may need to be comforted. Like me, like I said, I do my best, but... Um, I feel like maybe some of my friends might have suffered because I wasn't emotionally available to them when they have needed me in the way they needed me, even though I was doing my best. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm an empath myself and I, I'm, I'm a spiritual but not religious person also. 
Um, and I like, yeah, I'm into meditating. I'd be burning sage. I got crystals. Like I got these, like my favorite earrings are, um, are um, amethyst, purple amethyst, like drop earrings. Those are my favorite earrings. Um, they carry around good energy. And um, like, I don't know if people know this, but like crystals, like if you do like a meditation with a crystal and um, I always do this if I'm, if I'm out with people or out in a crowd because the, the crystal will absorb all the negative energy out of your body from the interactions that you've had during that day. So I'm big on my meditation, big on my crystals. Um, you know, even if somebody is just dropping off a package if they gotta come inside, we're getting that sage out because you ain't gonna leave no bad spirits in here. So yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really, really spiritual. And I'm, I, I, I can feel negative energy. Um, sometimes I don't always know what a person's negative energy for me is, but I know when it's there. Hmm. And to make sure there has been no negative energy on the show, did, did you feel that for me? I want to make sure that you're comfortable and you, you relax. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't feel any negative energy. I didn't feel anything but good vibes. Good. Good. That means I'm doing my job. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, where, um, where, where are you from? Like, where do you live? If that's okay, you don't have to answer. Um, that, no, that's fine. I'm from, um, I'm from New York. Uh, I was born and raised in Westchester County, New York. I actually have my own day in Westchester County, New York. April 26th is Ayana Davis Day. That was the day I was given my proclamation. Wow. You go, Yanni. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yanni, Yanni. <laughs> oh my God, you sound like my nephew. <laughs> but he actually, um, well, one of my nephews. I have a lot of like nieces and nephews, but like one of my nephews, um, he's so funny because like when he was about three years old, um, his uncle had came home from the army and he was like uncle, do you know my auntie Nani? And he's like, I knew her way longer than you. I knew her before you were born. But I just think that it's cute that like kids think that like the world started when they were born. So I just thought that was so cute. Cause he asks everybody that he meets, do they know me? Cause I really spoiled him really badly. I did. <laughs> I mean, that's just, hey, that, hey. It's okay to be affectionate to, some family members, are, we do have favorite relatives. I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Like, my my favorite, uh, like, my Tia, my, she, she was my mom's twin. My mom and her twin passed away on the same day. That was my favorite aunt. And, um, like, everybody knew she was my favorite aunt. But, like, it was like, it was just, like, a natural thing because she was my mom's twin. So, like, me and my siblings were, like, her kids. So, um, you know, it was no secret that she was my favorite aunt. Ah, uh, as you know, I'm building family too. Like, are you on Clubhouse? Um, I'm on Clubhouse, but I don't like it because, like, what? Like, I went. I don't even remember. Like, you know how the notifications pop up on your phone? I tapped it, so I ended up in this room, and I didn't mean to do that. And it was like, "Hey, Yanni," and I left so quick. I was like, "No, you're not." <laughs> Like, I don't want everybody to know I'm here. Why do you have to do that? But I don't really, um, I'm not really big on Clubhouse. Um, like, I made the page in, in case there was, like, 
um, a room that I wanted to be in, a conversation that I wanted to hear. But um, I think my main thing is like Instagram. Um, I like TikTok because um, there's a lot of, um, there's a big, big, big autistic community on TikTok. So I'm into TikTok. Even if I'm not posting, I'm on there reading about other people's experiences and learning and seeing that there are other people like me who are different and um, doesn't make me feel like so different, even though like I'm, I'm kind of over the phase where, you know, um, it upsets me that I'm different. Um, the only time I get upset now about that is if it's like an isolated situation where somebody like intentionally makes me feel that way. Oh, you know, different is needed because without different people, there would be no inventions like the stop light. I mean, we need that. If somebody didn't think of it, so many fatalities would happen in vehicles. We need difference. Yes, difference actually improves the safety of life. <laughs> yep. And so are you still in New York? Uh, yes, I am. I live in Atlanta, actually, too, for um, about seven years. But um, even when I lived in Atlanta, I was still back and forth from Atlanta and New York because all of my doctors um, were in New York. And, um, you know, sometimes I would have to go into the hospital for a few months and um, that would happen in New York. So even when I was living in Atlanta, I was still in New York because um, this is where my my family still is, most of my family, even though I do have family in Atlanta and a lot of friends. Like I have more friends in Atlanta than New York. But um, I'm, yes, I am back in New York. I've been back in New York now, I believe for about two and a half years. So, um, so far, um, you know, the pandemic, it wouldn't be fair to judge New York right now because the pandemic kind of came, took over, so everywhere sucks right now. Mm -hmm. But um the, I, I have to get used to the cold again, because like living in Atlanta, you know, you just in the wintertime, all you needed was a, a freaking hoodie. So now back in New York and I'm anemic, so I'd be freezing all the time and <laughs> it's cold in the winter. I not like that. So the only adjustment I really had to make again was um, getting used to the weather. Oh, I have good news for you. I'm four hours from you. I'm in Washington, D.C. Oh, my family. I have a lot of family from there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm four hours from, from you. And uh, I've been in New York. I was in Manhattan. Um, that was the first time I ever saw Asian people in poverty. That, I because Chinatown in D.C. was what I knew, but I was able to expand my knowledge seeing that. I said, wow. So yeah. yeah. You see you see everything in New York. <laughs> right. And yeah, I think you're really cool. I hope, you know, I'm on Instagram too. And I do Instagram lives every day too. Do you follow me? Uh, I don't know what you're, okay. Well, I do have your profile right here. What am I saying? Yep, I, <laughs> oh, I can now after we get off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I'll, I'll follow you back. I try to like 
um, you know, keep in touch with like the people who have took the time out to speak with me because I am very grateful. Yeah, I'm so grateful you answered immediately. I was like, yes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad gets back pretty pretty quickly, pretty pretty fast. Yeah, your dad is cool. He's cool. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope to see you in person once this virus is tired of wreaking havoc. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know when it's going to be tired. All its cousins is popping up, the Delta variant, and I just read about another variant, and I'm just like, oh my God. And now, like, we have to get a third booster shot, and it's so much. Like, I, I do a lot, I read about, like, the new, like, um, like, the new information about, like, COVID, just to, like, try to, you know, stay on top of things so, so I can keep myself safe because I do have a compromised immune system. But um, I don't watch the news all day because I can't I'm either. not trying to, I'm not trying to be sad all day. I want to wake mm -hmm. up and have a good day. And, you know, we can't do everything that we used to be able to do, but we can still live, you know, this, like I said, even like when I tell people, yes, I'm, I'm chronically ill, but chronic illness life is still a life. You just have to live it in a different way. That's very true, because I think that maybe life needed to change, you know? Thinking. Yeah, I feel like um, God needed some people to slow down, and he needed others to step up, and we're, now we're in, we're in a pandemic because of those reasons. Yes, because I was talking about that earlier, that I think that COVID has created more of an interest for social justice, more of an interest in autism, more of an interest in um, people who have been outcasted in our world. It's created more entrepreneurship, it's created more sensitivity to housing, education, advocacy, networking, um, technology, virtual world, and um, you know, careers. I've seen those things and talked more about people about those things. So the pandemic has not been completely bad in my opinion. No, I, I agree. Um, like it is heartbreaking to see how many people have lost loved ones and to see how many people have lost their lives. And that part, like, like I wish that never happened. And then there's then there's the other side of it where you see people, um, you know, being forced to dig a little deeper inside of them. You see all these black women starting businesses. You see people with so much amazing things to say, starting podcasts and, you know, people creating like genius content. So it, I think that it helps some people bring out things in them that they didn't know were there. And um, I started my podcast. I celebrate, actually tomorrow, I'm on Clubhouse at 8.30 in the morning. You don't have to come to it. I'm just saying, on my Clubhouse tomorrow, I celebrate my one-year anniversary of having my podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm so, I started during COVID when it was worse. And I've been doing it at an episode every day. 
I, yeah, I get on my Zoom and I just, I talk. Yeah. Well, that's really amazing because like um, the commitment, like alone, that's amazing. Cause I, it's not easy to like do something like that, to have a commitment, to have to book guests, to um, scheduling like issues. And because, you know, my dad, had a radio show years ago. So I know all about production and um, the booking of the guests and all of those things. And I know that it's not easy. And, you know, you get up and um, you yeah. make yourself like vulnerable to people and people make themselves vulnerable to you and um, you open up people's transparency. So I just think it's a really, really amazing thing. And I would like to congratulate you on one year. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I I can tell you this story. Um, I was talking to my barber at cut, he cutting my hair at his home at the time, um, and I would have these kind of conversations with him. And he said, "You have the gift of podcasting. I think you should um, start your own podcast because people need to be blessed by your deep thoughts." And so I said, "Okay." And he was like, "Yeah, you should also get your social media accounts because more people need to be exposed to you." I said, "All right." And so I did, and I've been glad ever since. <laughs> And it's and then I I was on Clubhouse and I was able to get my book deal through Clubhouse too. So more people are like, have you thought of putting your life in a book? And I said, yes. They're like, oh, we gotta help you get started. So that's help. really that's really cool. Like me, like I do children's books. If I was to write like <laughs> a life story, I think a lot of people would be in jail. So. <laughs> Wow. I'm not going to do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen a lot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, in my book, um, I talk about my victory story. I overcame so many things. That's why if you get the book, you'd be like, wow. Antonio. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> Thank you. And <laughs> yeah. I hope you can promote that if you would like, because I know I'll be promoting it. Oh, just send it to me. I don't have a problem um, posting it on my page. I, I'm, um, I'm big on supporting people um, because I know what it feels like to be unsupported and to, to um, you know, have a dream and for people to just look at you like, please just keep that as a dream and go do something real. Ouch. Like so. Like, yeah, like I'm big on supporting people because I've had people um, get in my head, even get in my own head about, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. Yeah, just, 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 just be nothing. So I'm big on support. I'm, I, me too. I'm thankful that you're that way because um, I, I, I tell because a lot of people tell me, your book is coming out. Don't you know CBS and CNN? They're going to be calling you, right? And this is what I said. I said, as much as I enjoy that, I will always put people on. Because mm -hmm. we have so many people who want to be all the glitz and glamour for themselves. I'm like, but you can't be successful by yourself. That's loneliness. What, what type of success is that? That's failure. Um, <laughs> 
So, yeah, if I have any good opportunities, like, hey, you know, she gives Yanni a shot. She's good at this, she's good at that. Help her out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we eat together. We're not eating alone at my <laughs> table. It's our table, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, and then so a lot of people are very encouraged by my um, my way of being myself because they're like, thank you for caring. And I say, oh, I'm just, I'm just glad to bless you. That's who I am. Any other questions, you know, before we go, any other questions? Um, no, I don't have no other questions. Thank you for having me. Uh, and uh, thank you for gracing me with your um, audio presence. <laughs> <laughs> and You're welcome. I, and I'll be sending this to you um, shortly. Uh, okay. I think I'm going to put this out in the morning. Okay, whenever you put it out, I will share. Oh, okay. Uh, again... I hope I hope this dies down well enough where I can actually see you because you're four hours away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. All right, you enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>